Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time you are tuning in. Welcome to Homesteading and Gardening in the Suburbs. I'm Emma from Misfit Gardening and today we're talking about some common composting problems because composting is pretty straightforward but sometimes issues do arise and finding out how to tackle some of these common problems is going to help you compost quicker, it's going to help you compost a lot more efficiently and you know that's really what we want. We want to be able to be producing compost from our own gardens to feed our soil and really kind of foster that regenerative cycle that is happening right. If we compost from our gardens and we're returning nutrients back to the garden garden, the garden's feeding us, it's all going to kind of come full circle. And composting really is the cornerstone of the organic gardener's soil improvement strategy, but also um, their feeding strategy for their gardens. So let's dig in and talk about some of the most common composting problems. So number one has got to be a bad smell. And um, there are lots of different composter odors that happen and you will start to see those as you um, begin your composting journey um, with your gardening journey. And the likely cause of bad smells are not enough air on, and too much green matter. And that happens because there's microbes, microorganisms that are in that compost and they need air, they need oxygen to be able to conduct the breakdown process. And what happens is if you put too much green material in there, especially grass clippings, right, we're very, we're very um, good at kind of cutting the grass uh, we're probably less good at putting the grass into the compost bin and um, certainly breaking it up into layers. And what happens is if you dump a bunch of grass straight off the lawn um, into your composter, it'll kind of create this really thick mat and it's going to stop air from getting through. And then what happens is a process known as anaerobic respiration. And that's kind of what happens like at the bottom of ponds and stuff like that where there's not a lot of air that grows and then when that's disturbed it smells horrific like sulfurous really stinky um not not pleasant smell right and um that that's what's happening is this anaerobic respiration by the microbes so um the way that we fix that is by adding in air so we can add in air by turning that compost pile like turning things in it to mix things up so if you've got a, a standing compost pile right you want to take off what's holding it you want to dig it all out you want to lift that nice um, and high and sort of shake things through to get some air into it and then that's going to help those microorganisms get the oxygen that they need and then they're going to restart that breakdown process. Another way that we can add to um, the air and reduce the smells in our compost bin is to add more fibrous material. These are typically kind of brown materials. They're very heavy on the carbon. Um, they're things that have been dead for quite some time. Um, a real 
quick and easy trick is to um, shred up um, newspapers, um, junk mail, those kind of things, um, and add those to your compost bin and kind of mix that in, especially if you're dumping in things like grass clippings, right? Mix in some um, fibrous material um, in with those grass clippings to kind of help create these air pockets because um, that's essentially what these carbon materials are doing is creating like gaps where air can kind of move through through the pile and and this is what we really want we want to kind of um, get in plenty of air the other thing that might be causing it is the pile is too wet and uh, things are kind of getting stagnant in there because it's really really soggy so we want to kind of uncover the pile to try and dry it out if we can um, although if it is chucking it down with rain and has been chucking it down with rain for a while and we might want to try to cover it so we can you know not let any more uh, water in there so we can try and give the pile a little bit of a break um, to then start to dry out and we can help dry out the pile by adding a lot of these you know dry um you know fibrous materials again you know shredded paper is really good um shredded cardboard um, even uh, sawdust and, and wood chips um, or wood shavings can be really good to help like suck out some of that moisture they're really good at like taking the moisture out and then those fibrous materials will start to decompose a little bit um, I've spent the weekend like chipping um, little branches and prunings off the trees and um, pulling up um, all of the old sunflower stalks that we had um, that I'd kind of left in over fall and winter because I wanted to you know provide a, a food source for the local birds and um, because that's one of the fun things that I like to do is to talk to my parents about the types of birds that we see in our gardens because they're very different uh, ones in the UK versus um, the ones here in the US and my parents were super excited to tell me about um, they've recently got a, um, a pair of goldfinches in their garden and we've never I mean never ever in um, almost my life of my parents ever had goldfinches nesting in the garden so they were really excited about that um, and it kind of reminded me to oh I got those uh, sunflower stalks that I need to um, remove and start to shred but these sunflower stalks and same with Jerusalem artichoke stalks they are a really great source of this fibrous material they're a great carbon resource and that's kind of why um, sunflowers and Jerusalem artichokes are kind of one of those great uh, crops to grow if you're trying to you know compost and have a more sustainable garden because all of that energy that they're using to take up and and grow so tall all of that is stored carbon right because that's how the plants grow they're producing sugars and carbohydrates right and that carbon is then locked up and then we can use that in our compost um but these kind of fibrous materials really suck out the the moisture in your piles and they can really help if you've got too much uh water going on in in your compost pile that's causing a bad smell so bad smells likely cause not enough air too much green matter pile too wet so we want to fix it by adding paper fibrous material reducing the amount of green materials being added um, so if you've just been adding lots and lots of kitchen scraps and very little else things are going to get stinky they're going to get slimy so start to add in some fibrous material to help um, 
you know, kind of take uh, some of that smell and uh, create some some air pockets another trick to help reduce bad smells is to cover the layer that you've put into your compost heap with some soil from the garden and this is a really really good trick because um, compost is going to happen naturally um, but if we're adding a lot of this stuff to our garden bed um, then when we add soil from the garden to our compost bin, we're actually going to be adding some more microorganisms into that compost heap and we can help um, kickstart things composting again. Um, so it's a really good trick to not only um, reduce the smell, because if you're putting a few shovelfuls um, straight on top of the stuff that's kind of stinking a little bit, it's going to help reduce that smell, but you're also providing more microorganisms um, to help break everything down for in your compost bin. Let's talk about the pile is being dry. So this is especially a problem if your pile is dry in the middle. You are going to have drier edges in your compost bin. That's really normal. And part of the reason why we turn our compost heap is to kind of mix these drier materials in with, you know, slightly wetter materials. And the th stuff that's kind of going to be dry isn't going to be breaking down. So we need to add water to our compost piles to help them break down. Now, if you've got a lot of fibrous material, things are going to dry out pretty quickly. Um, we need green matter, so we need things like kitchen scraps grass clippings, you know, fresh green things in our compost bin because they're going to break down and they're going to produce water because they're high in nitrogen, they're high in water. And adding water to the pile is going to help things break down. So if your pile is dry in the middle and you want to kind of put your hand in and kind of test how things feel in your compost pile, that's going to tell you a lot about how things are working. If it's super dry in the middle, then add some more green matter to it or add some water. So when I'm building the pile or I am turning the compost pile, I like to get a three gallon watering can and I will water the piles. So as I'm kind of, you know, taking stuff from the top and I'm now putting that at the bottom, I'm going to just kind of water everything. So I like to let the layers get about, you know, six six inches at least to maybe a foot before I then water stuff. So I'll kind of put things in, then I'll water, and then I'll maybe put another layer. If I'm building a pile from scratch and I'm putting layers in, so let's say, you know, all this shredded um, sunflower stalks that I did, I definitely watered those. So I put those into the compost pile and then I added some water. It probably wasn't the full three gallons at that point, I uh, added other materials and stuff and then, you know, kind of kept watering, but I watered the entire pile with that three gallons eventually. Um, and what that does is that's going to help kind of, you know, wet down those fibrous materials so that they can start to break down. Now, a really good rule of thumb for your compost pile is that it should feel like a well wrung out sponge. So if you think about when you're doing the dishes, right, when you squeeze out that sponge and you let it to dry, just that sort of slightly damp feel, that's how your compost 
pile should feel. If it's too wet, you want to add more paper and fibrous material, place a lid on it so it's got a chance to dry out. Um, if you've got some good weather, uncover it so it can dry out a little bit. Um, if it's too wet, if it's too dry, then we want to be adding water. My compost piles dry out very quickly and given that um, I live in a very dry state, that is not uncommon. And if you're living somewhere that's pretty dry too, like California or Nevada, um, maybe New Mexico, like a dry pile is probably going to be one of your bigger challenges. And again, we can do that by adding a bit more green matter. So more green lush materials that have um, water in them. That is going to help things uh, break down quicker as well as, you know, providing more water. All right, let's talk about materials not decomposing um, because there's a couple of reasons for this. And, and the first one we kind of talked about already is the pile being um, dry. If it's dry, things are not breaking down. The microbes need water to help break down your materials. Um, but some of the likely causes of material not decomposing is that the material is too large and we all do it. Um, every gardener that I've ever known, you know, there comes a point during the gardening year where you're just like, screw it, I, I'm not chopping anymore to go into this compost pile, I'm just going to put it in as is. And unfortunately, uh, later on in the season when it comes to turning the compost heap, um, you kind of get frustrated at yourself for not chopping things up. So the bigger the material, the longer it is going to take to break down. And what we want to do is we want to kind of chop or shred materials as much as possible because what this does is it increases the surface area and it increases the surface area for those microorganisms and the bigger the surface area the faster things are going to break down and this is great because you're providing like all of this food source for all of these microorganisms um, to help break things down and that is really really good if you're wanting things to compost quickly and break down really fast then you need to chop and shred and get it into small pieces um, that is going to be your best strategy and I get it not everybody you know wants to has the inclination to you know I've put like full-blown stocks of various like brassicas in my compost bin um, I've put like big old chunks of sunflower stock in my compost bin and they take a long time to break down and composting can take time anyway um, you know there are tricks that you can do to get compost quickly within sort of 18 to um, 30 days but typically compost takes six months to two years to produce which is why you know we want to always be adding and working on our compost heaps and using the material that's um, produced as part of this composting process in the garden um, but a really great tip to um, get through all of this stuff is you know certainly if you collecting things out of the kitchen right if you're kind of chopping things up and peeling stuff it's kind of easy if you're already doing it to just maybe like snip it a little smaller you know collect it in a coffee can or a bucket or whatever um you know was easiest for you um but certainly when it comes to pruning things you know it's it's 
kind of time consuming to be doing the pruning um, but even more so to be then chopping things up and putting it into the compost bin and I really wish that um, when we would pulled all the tomato plants like I'd kind of um, told my family that they need to kind of chop them up a little bit um, beforehand and one of the easiest ways that we did that was um, putting things into a large five gallon bucket and then just getting some of those like big old pruning shears like the ones that you kind of do hedges with you know um and then just kind of chopping things up a little bit with that inside um the bucket because it kind of keeps everything together um, and it was kind of easier to do it that way. Um, of course, you can use a chipper or a shredder to help shred um, chunky material. Um, you know, if it's able to uh, be used in that way, like, you know, you've got lots of branches and things or, you know, twigs and stuff. And you don't want to kind of hand prune them into smaller pieces all the way. Right. You want to save your hands a little bit. Um, then obviously a wood chipper is a, a really, really good tool. And I have one. I've got just a little electric one. Um you know we take the blades off and we sharpen them um and it's it's been going like a champ like we've just taken care of so much stuff that needs to be uh ran through there and in fact after this podcast is done um i've got a bunch of uh, bramble or blackberry canes that have um that got pruned out they're all the brown dried up ones and uh, I'm going to be running those through the chipper today um, to then add into the compost bin or use as mulch, right? Um, you know, that's that's kind of the benefit of having that is, you know, you've got some flexibility there. But um, what you will find is as you chop and shred that material to be smaller, that you're going to see things break down a lot quicker. And you know as you're going through this composting um process you're going to see how the materials are changed they're going to be things that you can recognize what they are and it's going to start to get less and less so and there are plants that can handle you know compost that's not completely done yet things are you know kind of recognizable still um you know tomatoes are pretty good um with you know compost that's not quite there yet um as our winter to squashes uh, winter squashes are pretty good um, to be able to cope with you know compost that hasn't composted all the way through but plants like melons for example they need to you know be pampered a little bit they need to have um, compost that is pretty much there like you can't really tell the difference between the materials that are in there like you're not able to say oh that bit right there that's a little bit of carrot right because you, you're not able to see that anymore um, so just understanding your garden and know how some plants are able to cope with the different stages of compost is actually quite useful for you to um, get a better leverage of the materials that you're producing um, to feed your soil and also feed your garden but it's also um, a really nifty trick to help you get your garden growing a lot sooner um, than you might be if you're waiting to have finished compost. Next up, we're going to be talking about attracting vermin. That is something that we definitely don't want in the garden. And I'm going to be totally honest with you. A compost bin is an all-you-can-eat 
buffet for vermin and they can be really strongly attracted to your compost bins. Um, I have compost bins that are kind of on the floor, like on the ground, and I also have tumbling composters. The tumbling composters, great. I don't have issues with vermin in those because they can't get into them. They can't like climb up um, the poles to, to get in there. So that's why I really love a tum tumbling composter, especially in an urban area. Um, but if you have a big ground composter, some of the likely causes that are attracting vermin are the addition of cooked foods, meat, dairy or oils. Um, that is a, a surefire way to attract uh, vermin to your pile. Now, there's a couple of ways that we can fix this. Number one is to remove those food sources. So don't add cooked foods, don't add meat, don't add dairy and don't add oil to your compost heap. If you do want to add them, then use Bokashi to ferment those before they go in because Bokashi is a, um, a really great um, kind of pre-composting method, but it, it it essentially ferments um, your uh, materials that are going to be going in there and um, it really helps to kickstart a, a pile. And I've talked about Bakashi um, before on the podcast, so definitely take a look at those episodes if you'd like to learn a little bit more. Um, so remove cooked foods, meat, dairy, oil from your compost heap, right? That's going to really go a long way to avoid attracting vermin. Um, but sometimes, you know, especially if it's winter, you know, they see all of this like lovely food sources that are going in there, like, you know, there's partially bad apples or whatever it is that you're putting in it doesn't necessarily need to be meat fish dairy oil or cooked food that's attracting vermin it could be any of the food sources in there um and the one way that you can deter them from your heap is to keep turning the pile and that's exactly what we do um so we have had you know mice or even a rat there was a rat in uh, the compost bin um a couple of years ago and it freaked me out <laughs> now given like when i was younger i had pet rats i had pet rats like all the time and they were they were really really fun um as a pet uh, but I, I don't want a wild rat in my in my compost pile. Absolutely not. And uh, the surefire way to deter them from the bin is obviously use a rodent proof bin like a tumbling composter. Um, but if you don't have that, maybe using like a large kind of um, geo bin or something like that because you've got a lot of materials in there. Get in there with your pitchfork and turn that heap and turn it regularly, even in winter if if it's not frozen solid. Um, as soon as you can get things, you know, get your fork in there to turn it over, do so. And the more often that you turn it over, you're going to deter the pests from uh, setting up shop in your compost bin and. Uh, that's that's really important because basically you're disturbing their home all the time so they don't want to stay there um i will throw out a word of caution about turning your compost bin especially if you're in the uk and you're in the southern parts of england because slow worms which are protected species um they are often um 
you know found in your compost heap because it's somewhere warm and moist um so if you are listening from the uk and you're in um the southern counties then do take care to um be gentle as you're turning your compost heap and uh, be on the lookout for slow worms uh, so you don't disturb those too much all right let's talk next about layers not breaking down and uh, you'll see this in your compost heap as you start to um, move things and turn it over you'll be like oh this whole layer here hasn't done anything it still looks the exact same Um, and the likely cause is compaction and not enough air again so you might start to see some themes here in uh, how to correct um, some of the issues and um, what some of the causes are so to fix this compaction issue we want to be introducing air we want to split up those compacted layers so try mixing those green and brown materials before adding them to the compost bin this is especially um you know easy to do with um like the kitchen scraps that are going in um, but this is really important to do if you're planning on adding your grass clippings to your uh, compost bin I don't add my grass clippings anymore to my compost bins I actually um, just I, I don't collect them I just like let the the mower kind of cut everything down and uh, it goes back onto the, uh, the grass um in the garden but also like i have you know dogs running around my backyard and i don't want doggy poop um in my compost bin so i'd no longer put uh, grass clippings into the bin um but if you don't have the you know the doggy landmine issue like i do um you know and you don't um treat your lawn with um weed killer or anything like that um then make sure that you add the air into that grass uh, before dumping it into the compost bin so mix it in with like shredded paper maybe some straw um anything that's like dry material that has been dead for a while um shredded paper seems to be the best and that's something that we seem to have um access to quite a lot of on our homesteads especially in the suburbs right um junk mail junk mail is a great source of uh, carbon material for your compost bin um just avoid putting anything that's like glossy you know heavily printed and glossy in there so you know shred away those um grocery store circulars or the newspaper those kind of things work really great all right let's talk about piles being very wet and sludgy so your compost pile um needs air remember um to break things down and too much water um and or too many green materials are a likely cause of it being wet and sludgy and when you get a wet and sludgy uh compost pile you're going to get that anaerobic respiration it's going to be stinking so you want to cover the pile to reduce excess rain um getting in there or you want to maybe change to an enclosed um bin that you can then open up on sunny days to help dry out that heap and then consider adding uh, more brown materials so more dry materials things like straw um straw is really good actually um you know chipped um twigs uh, junk mail all that sort of stuff consider adding more of those things and, and mixing them in with that wet sludgy stuff um, to be able to take up some of the moisture and uh, i will warn you now that as you're opening up a compost pile if it is very wet and sludgy um you know maybe don't 
turn the compost pile if your neighbors are having a large fancy get together um, that's a surefire way to upset people <laughs> that are just over the fence um so you know just just be wary of that i mean we tried to get out really early in the morning um to turn the compost pile partly because it's a lot cooler um i want to be doing these things like way before it gets hot um here in utah and i know if you guys are in the southern states where you've got a lot of humidity you've got a lot of moisture a lot of water coming in um you know you m maybe consider doing it sort of at the coolest times um of day and then that'll be it'll make it a lot easier for you to turn the pile uh, as well as hopefully disturbing fewer neighbors all right let's talk about lots of bugs in the compost um because your likely cause of that is a slow cold decomposition um and the surefire way to fix that is to raise the temperature of the heap and we do that by turning it over mixing the outside materials that are drier to the inside materials and watering the pile as you do so because what you're going to do there you're adding in moisture you're adding in air and you are giving those microorganisms the oxygen that they need to then start to break things down again um you can also add some um uh, compost accelerators and they tend to be things that are um, high in nitrogen right they've they've got a lot of available nitrogen they're going to break down very quickly um, manure was one that's a, a very common uh, compost activator to add in especially chicken manure um, but also um, comfrey like if you're looking for a, a manure free alternative like adding comfrey to your compost pile is an old gardener's trick um, to get your compost to start heat up and breaking down very quickly the other thing to um really help drive uh, an increase in um composting is adding a few sprigs of yarrow um and also um considering bokashi to add to your compost um i love my bokashi bins i've got multiple bokashi bins um but adding um materials that have been fermented and treated with bokashi before adding them to the compost pile like the compost goes so much faster doing that because you're adding microorganisms you're adding like a lot of um you know nitrogen materials and things just break down very very rapidly um and that's going to like increase the temperature of the heap and it's going to deter the bugs from there because it's going to be too hot for them um and that's that'll be kind of normal so you'll see like maybe if you've got a colder pile you have a lot of worms and things in there and that's good that's good that you've got lots of worms and stuff in there um but if you're wanting things to happen a lot more quickly then you've got to do this this hot kind of composting to do that um i know we talked about attracting vermin uh, but we didn't talk about attracting other animals um and by other animals i'm talking um you know dogs um dogs are, are very common to be found in a in a compost bin yes that's right i'm looking at you you guys um, as i'm looking at my dogs um but not just dogs certainly here in the us um you know bears can be attracted to compost heaps um as well as other animals like raccoons and stuff um they're likely again to be attracted to things like cooked foods the meat dairy and oils um you want to 
um try and avoid putting those in unless you're going to pre-treat them with like bakashi and stuff beforehand um if you are able to get a predator proof uh, compost bin then i would definitely recommend that um but you can also try to mix your um kitchen um scraps your kitchen garbage with um soil from the compost uh from not from the compost bin so from the garden like garden soil um or even wood ashes before burying it in the middle of the pile that might help to discourage the animals um and try the bakashi method as well because bakashi once it has fully fermented it it doesn't smell like um what it did before it's basically this lacto fermented stuff and it's very acidic um so most animals are kind of deterred from um going near it so if you're really wanting to make full use of cooked foods and you know meat or fish and dairy and stuff like that that is um you know being uh, used and you know potentially being thrown out and being put into you know the general waste and you don't want to do that um you know definitely look to bakashi um you can also you know use many of these methods together so you know you could add you know your bakashi fermented materials to your compost bin you can add in you know some some wood ashes you can add in um you know soil from the garden as well like all of these things are going to you know help provide nutrients they're going to help pre provide um, microorganisms and if you're combining that with turning your pile regularly you're adding a mixture of green material brown material and you know watering and stuff when it's getting dry you're you know turning it regularly all of these things are going to help your compost break down quickly the quicker that your materials are breaking down into compost number one the quicker you can use that out in your garden but also it's going to help deter some of these critters and things from uh, being in your compost pile i would love to see what your compost pile looks like so please please drop a picture out in the facebook group if you want to join the link is in the description of this podcast and show me how you're composting i love to see how everybody is growing their garden and there are some really amazing gardens that are going on and some amazing techniques that people are sharing on you know how to grow things vertically or you know building their gardens and just getting inspired so come on over to the facebook group say hi we don't bite gardeners are very very um generous and we love to share and help each other grow so until next week I hope your garden grows beautifully and I will see you all then.